Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend, as always, Cody Frankel. We hope everyone had a great Labor Day weekend. Uh, I think, you know, hockey's right around the corner. We're a little bit over a month away from the Rangers season opener. So time to get excited. We got a great interview today with Nate Thompson. We had him on for over an hour, not over an hour, but almost an hour. So uh, I think you guys really enjoyed that. But Cody, um, you know, when... When you, just said, when you just said hockey's right around the corner, for some reason, the first thing that came to my mind is remember SpongeBob when it's like, I'm ready, I'm ready. It's like the, the first day of boating school. Is that that episode or something? Oh, like whatever, that? whatever it is, it's like a meme, <laughs> the SpongeBob, like where, where he says, I'm ready, like five times. That's just where remember, mind I guess so. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Funny enough, I'm pretty sure SpongeBob <laughs> is like, a lot more adult than you think. Like, yeah. I think there's some hidden messages in SpongeBob. It's called Bikini Bottom. Yeah, exactly. Are we about to, are we about to unpack SpongeBob right now? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I mean, we can. I, I haven't watched it in years, but we we can. If you want to go a little Patrick Star, Patrick Porn Star, we could do that. But um, I don't want to do that at all. All right. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, yeah, Labor Day was great, and moving apartments today, so that'll be. A fun Brutal. time. Yeah. My, my back <laughs> is breaking from moving everything around. Everything's packed up and ready to rock. But uh, yeah, I think we could just get right into the fun stuff. Yeah, we got a lot of fan questions. You guys have been great uh, sending us questions through Instagram. You know, we advise you to send them over on Twitter too, but everyone seems to be uh, using Instagram to ask these questions. So we'll kick things off with a pretty abnormal one, but something that uh, I, I kind of have an interesting opinion on. And the first question comes from LS1 underscore Rocky. You're not so popular Ranger takes that you normally wouldn't say on a podcast. Do you want me to start? Because I have one that I feel like you might have an interesting reaction to. Okay. So I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know if this is a take, but a part of me as a Rangers fan it's not like I'm not rooting for them to win the Stanley cup, but I'm almost like afraid that when they do, it's like, what's next. It's almost been, you know, every year as a fan is exciting because like, they're almost there. They're almost there. They're almost there. And you kind of just continue to have that hope. And then one day when they do win the cup though, but, but then it's like, what, you know, they're almost, I, there. They're seen... almost there. They're almost there. They just made the playoffs for the first time no, in five years. Saying, you bozo. I'm saying the last decade though, it's, it's always been like, they've been a contender. Well, and well yeah. I mean, that falls. Yeah. I mean, that falls behind their, their elite goaltending, but no, I disagree. I think when they do win the cup Canyon of heroes is going to be freaking insane. And you're probably going to be so drunk. You're not even going to be able to see, and you're probably going to party for a month straight and get fired from your job. But that's what I'm saying. After that, after that celebration ends, like, like then what? You then know? we do I, it again, and we I've get never glow, had one of my we get to gloat that we won a cup for ten years or however long you know you want to gloat for it. But we don't have to say, oh yeah, we won a cup 28 years ago now before you were even born. I'm just afraid of that being like the peak of my existence. I'm out of here, and then everything, everything from there on out is just like, 
you know, not as exciting. I mean, I, I've like I said, Cody, I mean, you're a Yankee fan, so you've seen your team win a championship. I'm really like just a Been Rangers a fan and a Knicks fan, so I've never really experienced that. I mean, I root for the Giants, but I'm not a Giants. No, you root like, for the fan. Jets, you said. I'll root for anyone, honestly. That's I am a boy. Giants fan. That's my boy. Easy, but, easy to convince. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like there's other people out there who might feel the same way as I do. Like, after that championship happens, like. I don't think so, man, because I think you just want to get there, man. Like, you just want to get, like, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. We In 2014, we got fucking smoked. And everybody wow. is, everybody is, you know, that's the last taste of the glory we have in in our, etched in our minds. And it's like, we didn't even really get to taste it. Like we were down three, nothing to the Kings and they were, we were just waiting for them to finish us off. So I think it's just getting to the promised land. Like worry about that later. Who cares? Mm -hmm. You know, like worry about if that's your biggest worry in the world, then you, then you did something right. Like who cares? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a a weird feeling that I have. What, what's, what would your, uh, you know, not so normal Rangers take be, I guess. And we talked about it a little on the pod with Nate. I just don't think Kako is going to be a, a a top guy. I just don't think he's mm-hmm. going to pan out. You know how ever or as a ranger in in his career, in his career. Okay, I That's just a good one. I and by all means, I hope he proves me wrong. Um, that being said, like you can't expect every single prospect to turn into you know every every top prospect to turn into a, a super stud. I mean, it happens in every sport, right? It happens in baseball yeah. happens in football. For example, uh, that guy on the Raiders, Alex Leatherhead, he was, he was a first round pick last year or this year or whenever it was. And he just got released. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it happens in every sport. Um, I used to feel that way about Heedle and Heedle's slowly proving me wrong. Um, you know, I, I would like to see it in the regular season as well. Obviously postseason's better, um, but I, I do think he's showing his worth and I don't think we've quite seen it from Kako yet. I know he was hurt, so it's, it's kind of tainted a little bit, but, um, yeah, he's one guy. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I really hope he proves me wrong. Um, on the other side of the coin, I think Lafreniere is going to become an absolute stud. Uh, but I just, I don't know, man. I just don't, I don't see that with Kako. Um, that being, that being said, like now he's on his two year prove it deal. So it's like, you know, it's, it's now or never, right. It's these two years. If he's, if he doesn't perform, like he's not gonna be a ranger in two years. That's, that's mm-hmm. just the cold, hard facts. We have to make tough decisions these next two years with the cap. And like, if a guy like that doesn't perform, he's gone. Unfortunately, like we saw it with VC, right? Like VC was, you know, I know it's a little different cause he came from college and whatever, but he was super highly touted. There were, 25 teams that were interested in VC when he signed with us. And now he's like, Hobie yeah. Baker winner. Right. Right. And now it's like, you know, he's, he's been on like six teams. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's kind of like put up or shut up time for Capo yeah. Caco print that. Very well said. Very well said. Let's go into the next question from bracket 55. Where does Rangers D rank versus the league? I think our D is great. Um, I think, that's a good question uh i would say top 10 like bottom of the top 10 like maybe maybe that eight eight to ten range you know depending on what we're talking like on paper we said i mean statistically they were pretty bad last year no 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 no. i'm saying like the guys on our team all right i mean last year was skewed right they had 
half, they had 60 games of Patrick Nemeth. Like he's not on the <laughs> team. And you know what I mean? Like it, it's that, that was a little skewed. I think in terms of like looking at your top six defensemen, like how are they compared to the rest of the league? I would say top 10. Like I would say they're probably right around that, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 mark. You have a premier guy in Fox. You have two really good players in Truba and Keandre. Don't discredit um, Lingren. I'm I'm getting to him. I'm getting to him. <laughs> you have an absolute warrior in uh-huh. Ryan Lingren. And then you know your third pair, like Braden Schneider, is he's got a bright future ahead of him. And Zach Jones or or if it's Lundqvist or whatever, like that's kind of an unknown aspect, but every team has that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say tenth. I'm gonna say tenth mm-hmm. in the league. I think they have a lot to prove still this year. One stat, and I'm not a huge stat guy, but one thing that just like stands out to me from last season was that the Rangers were 24th in high danger chances against. Well, that we like, knew. I mean, that's like that's insanely alarming. Like that's the Patrick like, Nemeth effect, bro. If it really wasn't for Igor, though, like, I, like let's Fitz said this, you know, a while ago, and I love this saying that that Fitz tweeted, uh, I think a couple months ago, but he said if things are different, they'd be different. So like, you know, that's the the Igor effect. But pretty sure that's from a movie. But it might it might be. But I just saw Fitz <laughs> tweet, so I give him I give him the credit because that's where I saw it first. But defensively, they were not very good. They were the second worst defensive team in the in the playoffs out of all 16 teams. I mean, they have the skill, they have the talent back there, but they need to find a way to put it all together. And I know some fans have been saying that they want to see Fox and Keandre play together. I don't think that's the answer because yep. then you have two stay at home guys and Truba and Lingren on the second pair and they'll, they'll have a hard time breaking out the puck. If it's those two playing together. Um, you know, I think having Fox and Miller separating on deep pairs helps the breakout a little bit, uh-huh. but you know, I'll, I'll take, I'll take our top four up against anyone. I think the only, you know, top four defensively that I think might be a little bit better might be Carolina right now with, okay. you know, the addition of Brent Burns and, and Jacob Slavin on their top pair. And then I think it's uh, Brett Pesci and Brady Shea on their second pair who are pretty solid. I, I can't really think of another top four pairing or top four, you know, defensemen on, on any team that are that much better. Kleinberg is a big addition for Anaheim, you know, with Drysdale back there and Cam Fowler. Um, you know, other teams, McAvoy, so what teams and Grizzlick, did you say so far? I said the ducks and the hurricanes and then McAvoy and Grizzlick are actually injured for the Bruins. They won't be playing in the first couple months. McAvoy is a top five defense in the NHL in my mind. You know, obviously that's a little biased. He's a friend of mine, but, um, you know, I would, I would take him up against most defensemen in the league. Are you just not going to talk about Makar, Taze, Manson, and Gerard? Well, I mean, they're an obvious one. I think they're, they're, <laughs> I mean, they're an obvious. Yeah. They're, they're like, you know, they are without a doubt. Colorado is the premier defensive team, I think in the league. And, and that's yeah. why they didn't have to have the best goalie in the league because they're so strong defensively and offensively. I mean, Sam Gerard wasn't even playing in the Stanley cup playoffs. Toward the, yeah. You know, the I, second half. Yeah. And I they agree. Were still that good. But, you know, like you said, Cody, like I would take, you know, Foxy and, and Miller, you know, uh, up against almost anyone. Um, you know, Too bad the they, they are in pair together, huh? Yeah. But that's, I like that better. Spread it out. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Miller, I, I actually wrote this down. Truba, finished 21st and plus minus at plus 25 mm-hmm. Miller was like close to, to behind him at 24th plus 23 and Foxy was 36 with a plus 18 on, at the end of the year. So like Miller and Truba, I mean, you know, they've, they've, they've done their job. Um, but you know, that's all I really have about the the defenseman. Do you have any final thoughts on, on that one? Nah, I think that's, I think you pretty much summed it up and yeah, I mean, I, I, I think this group is, you know, for the most part, young 
in terms of D-men, but like very promising. And I do think they're going to, you know, end up being a top group eventually. Um, maybe not Colorado level, but they don't need to be because they have Igor. So Exactly. Exactly. 100% true. Um, so let's go into the next one. And this one's a hot topic. We've talked about this, I feel like, all summer long. Woo, baby. From Sorkin Matthew again, who sent one, sent a great one last week. Uh, should there be a competition between Laugh and Kako for a spot on the first power play unit? I don't even think that's a competition. I think, if anything, it's laughs. But, you know, I, I've been harping on it all year long. I don't want Laugh on the first you don't unit. Even I think, think he needs to be uh, on it. Yeah. I, I think he needs to develop more on the second unit and get more touches, get more reps, be the guy, be the main guy on the second unit because that's how he'll get better. Like, he just needs to get that experience and get more reps. He's not going to be the go-to guy. He'll, if anything, he'll be the fifth option on power play one. So, well, you, you know, wanted think- him to be the bumper guy, which makes no sense. So, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, <laughs> for people yeah, who no. don't get that context, I've been praying for him to not be the bumper guy on the power play unit, the first power play. Unit. Um, just endless texts about Lafreniere not being the bumper guy. But well, uh, to, to this point, throw Kako in the bumper spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ka- yeah, sure. Kako can. He won't do anything. So, <laughs> um, well, he's a big body. He can win yeah. battles. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, in terms of like an open competition, I think it's you got to give the first look at laugh. I disagree with Johnny where I do want laugh on that first power play. It's just a matter of like figuring out where he's going to go, because to his point, like you don't want Lafreniere on the bumper because then he's not going to put up points. He's not going to get his chance to shoot and stuff like that. Like you obviously want to have him in a spot where he has a chance to flourish. So it's like, if there is no spot for him there, then yeah, all right, put him as the top guy on number two and put Kako in in that bumper spot or, you know, someone else and, and see how that goes from there. But uh, yeah, I don't know so much about a competition. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Um, this next one, this is a, a really good question. This is from M. Crank Whoa. 10. Rangers win a cup in the next few years. Igor then finishes his career as a Ranger, but his numbers are just 5% below Hanks. Does his number, does he get his number retired and the title of the Rangers goalie goat? Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you if think he, so? Oh, oh, goalie. Well, no, I'm saying I, I was saying hundred percent too. Does he get his number retired? Yeah. I mean, if he wins a cup with us, he's for sure getting his number retired. Um, you know, it, it's, it's tough to call someone a goalie goat when when you've seen Henrik Lundqvist their entire career and you've seen the guy dominate. Um, that being said, like Igor, without a doubt, had and I say this with caution because Henrik Lundqvist <laughs> had a lot of incredible postseasons, so many fun filled memories with that guy. But like to, I- Igor might have had the best Rangers postseason I've ever seen alive not like, postseason no not no post-season. not no no sorry I, I mean like regular season yeah. like leading into the postseason like that i've seen a lot like better than any of hanks like regular season years and then obviously he came into the postseason was pretty rough against pittsburgh um shook that off and then he played fantastic against carolina and you know tampa and and got back to that elite form it is a really interesting question I, i'm gonna say yes to to retired like immediate hundred percent. Yes. If, if he wins a cup with the Rangers and, you know, plays his whole career here, obviously um, in terms of title of Rangers goat, I mean, if he's finishing 5% below Hank, then like, no, because 
That just means Igor had a better team and and he does have a better team. I mean, there's a lot better, like Hank never had a Panarin. I mean, he never had, you know, yeah, sure. He did that last year. Right. I, but, but like he wasn't really playing for us. So it's like, like he was, you know, he was splitting time with Igor and stuff like that. So it's like, he never had a Panarin. He never had, obviously he had Mika, but like Mika wasn't who he, who he is then like Kreider didn't have 52 goals with Hank on the team. And then all these new guys as well. So it's like, you know, the best he got really was like a Rick Nash who didn't show up in the postseason. So it's like he played all these different games in big moments where he absolutely dominated, but like didn't have anything to show for it in the end. But I, I kind of allude to, he didn't have the talent around him there. That's the exact point that I was going to make. And I'm, and I'm happy you kind of led me into that because I was literally going to say like, if he's finishing 5% below Hank's stats, like it just shows that Hank, you know, is the, is the better goalie. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, you know, he can win the cup and that's great. And that's amazing for the organization, but you know, and, and listen, there's obviously the people that will, you know, give you that ring argument. Right. Because like, you know, of people will say like, Oh, he never won a ring. So right. He can't of course, of but course I, I do like to your point, like, you know, Hank never had a Norris trophy defenseman. Hank, Hank's best center was like Brad Richards in the back yeah. end of his career. And Derek Stepan was the first line center. Like Mika right now is a top 10 center in the NHL. Panarin, like you said, is an MVP candidate almost every year. Lafreniere is a number one overall pick. Keandre Fox. Miller is going to be a stud. I said Fox is a Norris Trophy winning defenseman. Uh, yeah. Like this team, there's there's way more. T- like you said, Kreider also. There's, there's way more talent that we saw this past season than you know, we could have, I, I don't want to discredit what Richards and, and Nash did because no, they were listen, really good. And even Gabrick. He, he, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, Gabrick all like two seasons he played for us, but, um, but who know. was the best defenseman like for Hank's years? Like who was like Delzato? Like, who, <laughs> like, but, like offensive Mark style. And yeah, like uh, yeah, maybe Michael Roosevelt before he, got uh, well, no, back no, 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 no. He did have Keith Yandel that one year and Yandel went off that one year. Um, the one, the one year. Yeah. But that being said, like I've never been more confident in saying Henrik Lundqvist is a top 10 goalie that ever lived argument could be made for like top seven, you know, top five, whatever you got to do to make yourself feel happy there. Like if 10 not good enough for you, but like I- Igor's just not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, did he have a career, um, a career year and like a year for the ages? Absolutely. And, and I hope he can be a ranger for life and, and, you know, continue that production. And if he does like, yeah, we're, we're going to win a cup for sure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was a great question. Uh, uh, thank you. M dot crank 10 for, for saying that. That was, that was a really good one. Um, and the final question we have for this week's episode from Nicholas Bronca, another uh, recurring questioner question asker, uh-huh. what would you give up for Kane Kako and Robertson for a playoff push? And, I feel like this is going to be talked about just until Kane is traded or wherever he ends up going, but Uh this can't be the narrative of the season. Like we can't be talking about Patrick Kane anymore. I I, like, I I don't think it's, I want what I think in the offseason. It's just not possible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, there's a couple things to consider here. If you're trading for Patrick Kane, he, there's a 0% chance you're retaining him like a 0% chance. The guy's, you know, even at the deadline, he'll still be owed five million or whatever. And like, yeah, you could probably afford him, but like, do you want to give up Kako and and Robertson or like a Heedle or, or or someone that like might cost Damn. a lot less that you can actually like fit into your top nine as opposed to like having Kane this one season going all in and so on? Because next year, I, I've said this many many times, 
there is going to be a lot of tough decisions to be made. There might end up being a cap casualty, like a Lindgren or somebody we all really like. So, you know, it's, it, it's going to make things that much harder um, in that regard. Like that being said, like if the team is absolutely rolling and they're steamrolling guys and, and they look like, yeah, they're literally one piece away from winning a Stanley cup and he's the guy to do it. Yeah. I, w- I would do that trade. Um, I would give up a Kako and Robertson like, and not think twice about it. Um, it's going to take but, a lot more than that, but for sure. I mean, yeah. for sure. It's going to cost something like Kako, a first, maybe a later pick and like a guy like Zach Jones. Like they're mm-hmm. not looking at Robertson, like for Patrick Kane, who's deep in his career and he's still a top 10 winger. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to put up points in playoffs. He's going to put up points in the rest of the regular season. So it, it would cost a pretty penny. Um, that being said, like if another, like another type of guy like that, who's not, doesn't cost as much, won't cost as much. Like if he's a rental and like the Rangers are rolling, like, yeah, I could see them making a move um, for someone of that esque who will really help this team uh, come playoffs. But like, I just don't see how the cat works. It's going to be interesting come deadline time. And I know that's obviously so far away, but like, right. If you asked me before last season, like if the guys we added the deadline were Andrew Kopp, Frank Vetrano, and Tyler Mott, and, right. and you told me they would have helped this team go to the conference final, I would have been like, "You're fucking crazy." But yeah, you know, it, it's just it's just nuts how everything can change with with production and just overall confidence and standings and everything. And um, you know, you made really good points there about Patrick Kane, and I I don't think you know if you asked me two months ago, you know, I wanted him because I think it would have been awesome to watch him and Panarin play together, but. I don't think he's like the solution to, you know, getting over the hump. So um, I'm over that. I'm over that, that, uh, that, whatever that saying is, I'm over that hump. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Over exactly. that boat. What's the fuck you saying? One or, one or the other. Yeah. I, but, yeah. But it's a, it's a good question. Um, yeah. It's one that's going to continuously get talked about, right? Trade rumors make guys go around. Like it, it, it makes for great content. Um, you know, that being said, like it didn't happen last off season. I don't know if it's going to happen this off season, uh, this, you know, trade season. I, I would have assumed like he would have got moved in the off season or during the trade deadline, but he didn't. So it's like, are you really going to give up, you know, the almost the same amount for like half a season of Patrick Kane? Like, poses the question if if you really think this team is is an inkling away from winning a stanley cup and like he's the guy 100 percent, 80 percent, whatever to do it like yeah you got to make the move but and you'll you'll figure out the rest later you'll make the cap work whatever but like if not if they're still like oh we're still like two pieces away then yeah there's no chance because that's mm-hmm. the only move you're making so yeah no i i agree and uh you know i don't really have much else i just want to thank everyone for sending in the questions we love them so Continue to do so. Um, I don't have anything else to talk send about. It to much. Nate. You want to send it to Nate? Yeah, let's send it to Nate. All right, enjoy this interview with Nate Thompson. He's the man. This week on the Blue Crew, we're very happy to welcome on a guy who has absolutely no affiliation with the Rangers, but he's one of the coolest guys in the NHL and one of my favorite people to interact with and talk to. And I'd like to call us friends, but I also think you kind of want to beat me up. Without that, without without further ado. 844 games played in the NHL. Welcome to the show, Nate Thompson. Nate, what's going on? Not much. Thanks for having me, boys. And no, I don't want to beat you up. I just want to, <laughs> just want to trip you a little bit. You know, we'll just, we'll just we'll have some banter today. Well, I know before we started recording, you were telling us that you're afraid of Jacob Truba. So can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? 
Now you're making shit up. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, Can't prove it. No, I think he's a good player, and he's, de- <laughs> he's, de- he's definitely a guy that you got to keep your head up when you're on the ice, which I respect. I like guys like there's there, there's not enough of those guys anymore. You never played with him? I played with him at one of World Championships. He was young. I think I think I think he was just coming out of college. But yeah, you could see it. He was he was raw then, but he's he's turned into a hell of a player. Yeah, I was gonna say. Also, Johnny, you said no affiliation with the Rangers. I think you meant to say no affiliation with the Rangers yet. Yeah, yet. Never but yeah, know. Nate, thanks for coming on. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this off, jumping right into the NHL. Right now, you're free agent. Um, what are you looking for in your next NHL team at this point in your career? And you know, is there any specific city you'd love to go to, um, or possibly a contender, or 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 something of that nature? Yeah, I mean, first off, I mean. I, I want to keep playing, you know, like I mm-hmm. last year was a tough year. I had shoulder surgery, but you know, I ended up still finishing the year playing like 15 games and I, and I felt good. And it was kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, I didn't want to retire having a season like that. And I still feel good. And if I still have, feel like I have, you know, I have some I have stuff left in the tank mm-hmm. and I still enjoy it. I was like, well, I'm going to keep playing. And so for me, it's, I want to keep playing. Obviously, I would love to go to a contender. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really matter to me. I, I still love the game of hockey, and I still enjoy it. I still enjoy going to the rink today. I still enjoy training in the summer. All, all the things that go with it, even the grind part of it, I still enjoy it. So I guess I just I just want to keep playing. And if I if I end up on a contender and I get a chance to win a Stanley Cup, I mean, that's that's icing on the cake. Man. Yeah. The day, that's part of the reason I'm still playing, too, is I, I still – I'm a little kid chasing down a dream. So mm-hmm. I know most guys too would say they're not really thinking about it. But like I said, introducing you, you played 844 NHL games. Like, are, are you eyeing down that 1000 mark? Because dude, not a lot of people have done that. And, and you're so close, man. Like it's gotta be something that you think about now. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely crosses my mind. I mean, I, and I, I gotta stay away from, you know, cause sometimes it's like, ah, oh, you know, I've, you know, if it wasn't a lockout, if it wasn't for a couple injuries, you know, I probably would have it or be close to it anyways. And, um, but you know, I mean, I, I played in the NHL a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if I get there, great. If I don't, I, it's still a pretty, pretty damn good career. So it's one of those things where I, I try not to get into that because then it's, you know, you kind of start worrying about the wrong things and instead of just, you know, I'm just going to stay where I am right now. I'm enjoying the game and I just want to keep doing that. And I kind of want to start off like where you started your career. I know you were drafted by Boston, but you know, you really got your NHL career started in Long Island and I'm from Long Island. We have a lot of Long Island listeners. You know, we could talk about your first goal on Henrik Lundqvist, which was cool. But before we get into that, I want to ask you because you're going to ask me what about what? No, this is actually a fun one. You're going to like, it. Oh, okay. it's a good one. I'm sure you're happy, but uh, no, this one's cool. So (laughs) When you started, you were you told me I remember you were living in a house with like four other guys on Long Island in the NHL. Now yeah. you're a veteran, you know, you got a kid. Just how different was that experience as a professional athlete, like living with four other dudes single in Long Island? Roslyn Heights, I think it was, right? Yeah, yeah. You gotta talk fun. about that experience. That was probably incredible. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it, it worked out. Um, so it was me, Bruno Gervais, Colic Poso, Josh Bailey. And then Tim Jackman. So we had, ended up, it, it begin with, it was just me, Bruno, and Kyle Poso. And then Josh Bailey made the team as a, like, I think he was 19 at the time. Mm. 
so he joined us. We had another room. It was a five-bedroom house. Oh, uh-huh, that's so sick. And then Tim Jackman, <laughs> same thing. I think he ended up staying the rest of the year. I don't know. I can't remember what his situation, but he moved in with us. And it was awesome. I mean, it was like we ended up having like two or three team parties over there. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was like a college house. Like it was it was it was I mean, imagine. I mean, I was only twenty three years old and I'm playing in the NHL and living like a college lifestyle almost. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little little too much college lifestyle <laughs> at times. Uh, That's why you guys didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't know, I don't know if that was the only reason, but it definitely didn't help. Uh, no, but we I mean it was just fun. I mean, it's one of those things you look back on in your NHL career and it's like, well, I got to you know, experience that, you know, we were, um, we were all close. We all hung out. We had dinners every night. We, whether it was going out to dinner, uh, staying at home or going, making some trips to the city as well. Uh, did a lot of that, uh, probably too much of that too, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just fun. I mean, our team wasn't very good, but you, you just kind of look back on it now. And it was like, at the time, you're not really even thinking about that. Yeah, I think at the time I was thinking like, man, I'm just playing NHL. I'm living with a bunch of other guys and we're just having a good time. And we were young. So uh, I don't think we knew any better, uh, mm-hmm. but it was fun. I mean, we, yeah, we had, we had some good times for sure. And I, I'm sure you guys have some amazing stories um, just, just there alone, but you know, you've played on nine different NHL teams What's uh what's one really funny story maybe you've witnessed at any point in your career that maybe some people don't know about? How like PG or PG thirteen? Hey, on you. <laughs> All right, I, I'll I'll tell my second. Uh, I've told this a few times, but I'll tell my second uh, NHL game story. So I this is when I was playing Providence at the time, Boston's minor league affiliate. And I got called up. So we'll preface that is the night before it was our team's Providence's rookie party. Mm-hmm. I was not a rookie at the time, but obviously I partake. I partaked in it big time. Um, I don't think we got to, I got to bed till probably three, four in the morning. <laughs> and um, Next day we had like a sweated out practice, you yeah. know, like kind of just scrimmaging and, the assistant coach pulls me to the side because our head coach didn't even come to the rink. We went to like, we were skating at some practice rink and he pulls me to the side. He's like, Hey, uh, Gordo, Scott Gordon was the coach at the time, even in Providence when I played for him then too. And he's like, Hey, Gordo wants to talk to you. He's on the phone, go in that office. So I talked to him. I'm like, I'm like, shit, like I'm getting traded. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Hey, uh, you just got called up. Uh, the team's playing in Toronto tonight. You need to hurry your ass up go back to your house, get changed, whatever, grab a suit, get your passport. You're meeting them in Toronto. And I'm like, Holy fuck. And I, I'm on like, run, I'm running on like two, three hours of sleep. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm dying. I'm hung over. You'd probably so, prefer to get traded at that point. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I, after the fact, I was like, man, it would have been easier to get traded. Uh, so then I had to like, you know, go home, grab my password, get all my shit, grab my gear. And I had to drive to Logan, which is like a 45 minutes to an hour drive yeah. from Providence. And uh, ended up making the flight. I, I think I ate like a chicken sandwich and fries. I mean, that mm. was like pregame and I barely could get it down because I was just. Were you going commercial at that point? <laughs> oh yeah. Commercial. yeah you had sure. the Tate's cookie and you got, you had the, 
you know, the sloppy Joe meal they gave you on the flight. Yeah. yeah I mean, I Carrying your bag to the there airport. Was no, there was no meal on this flight because it was a quick flight. I mean, Boston and Toronto is like, it's like a 45 minute to an hour yeah. flight. If mm-hmm. that. And so I remember we're in the air and I'm like, I'm hurt. And I'm like, I can't believe I got to play my second AHL game like this. And then we get over, we're getting close. And then the captain comes on the phone. He's like, hey, dude, uh, I don't know what was going on, fog or something going on in Toronto. And he's like, we have to circle over Buffalo for a little while. Oh, God. And I'm like, holy fuck, like, I, I might not make it. <laughs> and I, we, I finally land. I go down the baggage claim. I get my gear. Um, team services guy from Bruins is calling me off the hook. He's like, hey, dude, where are you? I'm like, uh, I just landed. We were circling over Buffalo. He's like, well, we were going to set up a driver for you, but just hop in a cab and get here. No way. Yeah, I'm like, what time is it at? The game's at seven, obviously, which means it starts at seven fifteen. I probably uh-huh. landed at like five five fifteen. Oh my wow. god, that's that's wild. Yeah, that's so z- zero sleep, zero sleep. I'm in a cab, and it's rush hour traffic in Toronto, so it takes us I don't know at least an hour, and the cab driver's like. And I've never been, I never played at the time. It was what the ACC center, I think. Yeah. 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 And I never played there. And the cab driver's like, okay, where should I drop you off? I'm like, <laughs> don't drop me off out front. <laughs> this so, outside will call with your shit. Oh, man. Shit, you know, no, they left tickets for me. Out of, I get out of the car. I'm in my suit. People are walking in in Leafs jerseys right next to me through the front ticket gate. I grab my gear sticks and i'm walking with everyone into the front area with my sticks bag everything suit and some guy must you know luckily i'm in canada some guy comes over me goes hey uh play for the bruins (laughs) i'm like yeah i just got called up he's like come with me so he takes me in and i get down there and put my gear down and i got like i think i've like 25 minutes 30 minutes to warm up's about to start if that and so i didn't even have a chance time to warm up. And I remember like every, the assistant coach pulled me in. It was Doug Huda. He pulled me into the, the side, like um, equipment room. And he's like, Hey, we all know the <laughs> party last night in Providence. Yeah. We know you're hungover. And he's like, don't worry. He goes, guilty hockey is your best hockey. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone knew except Dave Lewis was the head coach. And they didn't tell him for a reason, obviously. And I remember like tying my skates and I think it was Glenn Murray was on the team. And he, like, leaned over, like, said it out loud. He's like, hey, Tomer's fresh. He's ready to go, you know, knowing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last night. And it kind of, like, you know, relaxed me a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like, making a joke. And I think I ended up playing, like, two minutes. And I thought I was going to puke and warm up. Uh-huh. Didn't, luckily. And then I got sent back down that night, and we landed. And I didn't drive all no the way, way back to Providence. Oh my god! So I got like a total of like six hours sleep in like like two days, and that was that was my second NHL game in Toronto. That is so brutal. <laughs> yeah, so brutal. Yeah, a little bit different than it is now for sure. Does that not happen these days? Like no, those call ups, I mean, like you'll never minute? see. I mean, when was the last time you saw a call a young guy couldn't call up playing two minutes? You just don't see that anymore. 
Yeah. I mean, I guess like it goes. the young guys that get called up usually like, are these like, you know, out of college, like, you know, right when the college season ends, like, yeah. you know, draft picks already and, and stuff yeah. like that. You know, it definitely has changed. Oh, it's changed in that it's, aspect. It's changed a lot. Cause I think my first two games, I think it was my first two games. I think I played no more than like three minutes. Wow. Yeah. It's so, and it's so hard. Like, like all you want to do is just prove yourself. And when you get like that little ice time, it's just like, how can I impact this game? Yeah. And it's There's funny. No I, almost, I, I think my first shift in Toronto, my second game, I almost scored on my first shift. Really? We were going to like a shot on net. And <laughs> I was like, wow, can you imagine if I scored this game? Like, yeah, would be sick. Hung over <laughs> rookie party the night before in the minors. But yeah, it's, it's a good story. And I mean, that's one of those things that uh, I'll never forget that game. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And I wanted to dive a little bit more into uh, free agency. Obviously, you've been on a variety of different teams. So you've been a free agent in the past. What's what's the process like when it comes to free agency and like getting a deal done? I, I guess it, it changes year to year. Uh, it's different. I mean, for me, this is the first time I've ever kind of had to wait this long. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, knowing that probably this year I have to go on a PTO somewhere. Um, I've never been in that situation before. Usually I've usually gotten things done and talked to teams beforehand, uh, figured things out, and then have signed a deal on the first or second day of free agency. And this is just one of those years, you know, circumstances of me getting hurt last year. Right. Uh, us not doing very well in Philly. And, you know, that's just how, how this thing goes sometimes. And But, you know, it's, you know, all, all you need is an opportunity, right? And I was, right. I, everyone, it's, every team I've really been on, or even if I've had a contract, I've always had to earn everything I get. You know, it's not like you like, you know, I've never been a, you know, a high paid guy in the league per se. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, the process is, is just, you know, you had kind of have to wait around. You know? Right. And with, right. and with now, obviously with the salary cap being what it is, it hasn't really gone up this year. And, uh, you know, dealing with COVID the last couple of years, it really kind of hindered things for teams mm-hmm. being able to spend money. And now they have to kind of allocate their money and their contracts and being able to have cap space. So, you know, that, that all, all those things kind of go into, it, it really does affect free agency and it affects guys. Right. Health or, you know, you've seen it, you've seen it this summer. I mean, it's been a relatively pretty slow free agency this yeah. summer. And I think a lot of that, that has to do with, you know, cap space and, and like I said, COVID, you know, yeah, years, yeah. So, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I kind of want to piggyback off that thought. Cody, yeah, do you no, want to quick? no, I was just going to say, I mean, it makes sense. And also, like, I feel like by the time camp rolls around, a lot of teams are looking for somebody else on their squad to add that vet presence, yeah. you know, mentor the young guys, uh, still be a contributor in a way. And I feel like that's that's something that, you know, I'm sure you'll you'll fit right in. Yeah, it, I mean, for me, my, my role hasn't changed for a long time, and I know I'm realistic. I know what I bring to the table now. And yeah. I know how I have to play, and um, you know, if it's me being a 13 forward and I'm sitting out, that's fine. Uh, I'd be a good teammate, come to the rink every day, help the other guys out, you know, be a good leader, and just kind of contribute in that way. And and then when I'm playing, it's you know, same things. It's penalty killing, winning faceoffs, creating energy, you know, being a good, solid, dependable fourth line guy. So. It doesn't change for me. It's just a matter of uh, who needs that on their team right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of waiting and we'll see what happens. 
I know you're pretty active on social media as well. Not other players really are. Are you paying attention a lot to like Twitter and the rumors that are swirling? And do most guys do that? Because, you know, obviously like us, people like us, all we do is like pay attention to all these rumors and we just run with any story. But the players, I'm sure behind closed doors, you'll like see something on Twitter and be like, oh, that's bullshit. I know that guy's not going there or something like that. You well, know? I think, I mean, to be honest, I, I think a lot of guys do read everything on Twitter, just maybe uh-huh. they're not saying anything. On yeah. Twitter. So everybody knows what's going on. I mean, in the world today with the Twitter and everything and social media, I mean, some guys know before it's even, you know, mm-hmm. out, right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, maybe it's out of boredom. Maybe it's just, sometimes <laughs> it's fun. I don't know. I mean, you it, just say you're into it. It's okay. Yeah, it is. I mean, sometimes <laughs> it is fun to you know create some, some banter on Twitter. And I think that, you know, you look at a guy like, like Paul Bissonette. I mean, he was like kind of the guy that started it. He's and yeah. Look how much I mean. I mean, I mean, I don't think that's the sole reason of hockey growing, but I mean, it certainly helps. Yeah, you know, we have people or players, you know, creating that, you know, fun space, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram, whatever it is, right? People are people are drawn to that, and that's that's the world we're in now. I mean, as much as I'm old school in a way, it's like, well. It's 2022. Are you going to embrace it or not? I mean, that's that's right. how people are growing their business. How people are growing a lot of things with social media, and um, that's what it is. It's there's no way around it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it's funny you mentioned Biz because we had uh, Kenny Albert on the show last week, and Johnny straight up asked him, <laughs> you know, who who do you think's more famous walking in the streets these days, Biz or Gretzky? Because it's like he's really, you know, he kind of changed the game and. The social media aspect, obviously, they have a good thing going with chicklets and things like that. So you're absolutely right um, there. But I wanted to ask one more question uh, regarding, you know, all <laughs> this is free agency again. <laughs> yes, no, it's no, it's now. I'm kidding. It's not free agency. But um, but it, you know, you have been in the league for 15 years and you've played for nine different NHL teams, maybe maybe more if you know, um, and throughout minors and things like that, but. What was your favorite city to live in, and has it been tough moving around so much? I, ask, I get asked this question all the time. It, it, it's hard for me to narrow down one city because it was all—they're all different in their own way. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've got lucky. I played in warm places, like I played in Tampa. Yeah, phenomenal. Right. I played in, you know, L.A., Anaheim. I mean, you your best years in Tampa, right? I mean, yeah, I had some good years there. I had some good really years good years in Tampa. In Tampa yeah. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where you know I've you're playing in a warm place. It's awesome. I mean, yeah. who doesn't want to play in, you know, a warm, sunny place where you can wear shorts to the rink every day. But, you know, and then I think uh, being lucky to play in like a city like Montreal, like mm-hmm. to me, right. that was one of the coolest places to play just because of the history and right. wearing that jersey and playing in the Bell Center when it's, you know, there's just a, an atmosphere that you can't create anywhere else, really. Um, Maybe MSG. MSG is pretty close. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's just I've been super lucky. I, I can't really name one because I, I've played some really cool places where I've gotten to experience different things. And um, I just feel, I feel fortunate. I mean, I know people are like, oh, you play on so many different teams. And, yeah, I guess at times it's tough to move. But I think now it's almost like that. Uh, if I look back at it on my career when I'm done playing, it's like, man, I – on a journey man i got to do yeah all this. i got to right. adventure right i got to live in these different cities and 
for me, it's like, wow, I guess I'm just a little more, a little more cultured now. I just know about, <laughs> about a different city, really. Right. Uh, for me, it's, it, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun being able to experience it. Yeah. And, and also going around so much, you, you know, playing for the Islanders, you got to witness where you don't want to go next too. So it's always, <laughs> always a good time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to say no to any teams. Right now. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the Islanders were really good too. It was, that was a fun place to play at the time. I got to play in the old Nassau Coliseum too, which was great and experience the, 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 the Islander Rangers rivalry. Yeah, can you touch on that a little bit and talk about, you know, your your first goal on Henrik Lundqvist, which was, by the way, like the most unorthodox first NHL goal I've ever yeah. seen. I mean, knocked yeah. out of the midair, shorthanded. Like, you don't see that very often. No, and, and like I was talking about MSG, like I love MSG. Like it is actually – it's one of my favorite places to play on the road, if not my favorite, uh, just because it, it's like the Bell Center. There's like a – you're at MSG and there's like a – I don't know if there's like a vibe with – you're in New York. You're kind of like you're the show, and yeah, you got Margot funny. Robbie behind the bench. How could and you hate you got, it? Got <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bottles and actors and actresses everywhere, so it's not too shabby. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was it's crazy to be able to score my first goal at MSG shorthanded the way I did on on Henry Lundqvist, who's probably going to be a Hall of Fame Hall of Famer. So yeah, it's just it's something special. One reason I probably will always love playing in New York and. Yeah, to answer your question about the rivalry, I got to experience it. I didn't really know. I think more so until I was in Nassau playing for that, playing at home because I remember playing like the first game against the Rangers and guys like warning me, and be like, "Hey, listen, like it's it's rowdy." Yeah. Like, okay. And then I realized what they meant by how rowdy because there'd be like five, six fights in the stands. Yeah, I was just going to say that. There's more the fucking game. fights in the stands. You're, like, we're, you're playing the game and there'd be like a TV timeout or something like that. And you look up and there's just people falling down the stairs. <laughs> oh, my God. Going yeah. over benches. And I'm like, oh, so that's what you mean by getting rowdy. And I've never seen anything like that before. And funny story, actually, is another good story. Is my mom came to visit and came to a game. We were playing MSG. At MSU playing against the Rangers, I was on the Islanders at the time, and she's sitting in the stands, and some guy behind her chirping you, yelling, "You fucking suck, Thompson, <laughs> piece of shit." Da, da, da. And my mom turns around, keep quiet about it. She turns <laughs> back, she goes, "Hey, listen, that's my son. Watch your mouth." And I guess right away this guy changes tune. Oh yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." I didn't realize <laughs> Da, da, da. <laughs> actually and then you know he obviously goes i respect the way he plays he plays so hard that's why i'm saying no that. one wants mama the smoke yeah and so of course he was on her side and uh yeah you don't mess with moms you know how that goes but yeah it was pretty funny it's so funny that you say that too because one of the best things i've heard big cat said this on on pardon my take every professional athlete once a year should be able to beat the shit out of a fan <laughs> like you know <laughs> if, if, if there's you're going to go to the game and, and give it, you better be able to take it, you know? Yeah, there's been times where I've wanted to for sure because fans, man, they're ruthless. I mean, especially yeah. in cities like New York or Philly. Mm -hmm. you know, Philly, I'm sure. Oh, Philly, it's, it's – yeah, yeah. They, they are not afraid to boo you and they're not afraid to tell you how they feel. So, yeah, I mean, there's – I mean, I don't <laughs> think I would ever do it. Yeah. It would have to take a lot for me to get to, to, get to that point, but – yeah, there's been times when I'm like, yeah, I'd love to grab that guy right now. <laughs> Maybe a pay-per-view uh, Showtime boxing match. I know they're getting really big into that these days for uh, you know post athletes. So oh, like uh, like a rough and rowdy kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, or like yeah. Adrian Peterson is fighting. Uh, who's he fighting? He's, He's fighting. fighting? 
Yeah, he's fighting he like the um, most like injury prone football player ever. Oh my gosh. He oh, he's fighting Le'Veon Bell. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. Even, I didn't even know about that. Neither. Inside uh, scoop. Well, speaking of that, Nate, have you thought I know you're doing are you still doing 44 concierge? Your I am company? Yeah, still, still going on, yep. So have you thought about like post career stuff, what you want to get into? I mean, I feel like you'd be great in media and on TV as well, no? Yeah, I've thought about doing that. I mean, I, I know I for sure want to stay in the game, whether it's um working in some capacity, whether it's, you know, in management, player development, whatever for a team and media. I've kind of, you know, I've kept those things um, now in the forefront, getting, knowing that I'm obviously at the latter part of my career now. Right. Uh, So yeah, when I'm done, it'll be, hopefully it'll be its transition into either that or, you know, staying in the game, but I'll be in the game somehow because like I said, I, I, I don't see myself being involved in anything else. Hockey's, yeah. given, me, hockey's given me so much. So, like, you know, I always, guys always say when they tire, you know, that they play for a long time and they've all, they only know anything different. Like, you you, you got to give it back. So, mm-hmm. um, I definitely want to do that and stay in the game in some capacity. I obviously haven't played as long as you have, but, like, even for me, like, you know, I, I stopped doing hockey stuff for, like, a year, and it was just, like, one year, and I've only played, you know, four years past high school and i was like fuck like i gotta get back and do something just because yeah. i mean it's so fun and like when you're passionate about it and when you know you're, you're really everyday life yeah, yeah but nate's yeah. also like like a huge advocate and like a cool guy and like hockey needs more guys like you i mean i told you this like you know last week or whatever like you know just just you like quotuating my shit and like fucking with me is like so great and, and i think you know some teams are starting to do it like the devils will like you know roast some fans every now and then yeah. which is cool like the teams are getting into it, but you know, a lot of these young guys and I don't know what it is, but there, there is just like this weird fear of like putting yourself out there in hockey. And I don't, I don't know why that is. I mean, are, are you like, you're obviously like kind of new to it, but like, I guess what, cha- I know you kind of touched on it before that, like you got to get with the times, but like, when did you really like put yourself out there in social media? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, I- I've had a guy help me with like social media content and stuff. And he's kind of helped me to like, relax a little bit and not be so robotic. Um, I, I think it's just kind of evolved. I, I think now maybe cause I'm older and, you know, I'm kind of like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you you care less. Yeah. I, you know, just be myself, whatever. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, just have fun with it. And I, I think it's just, you know, hockey is so hockey's the greatest game for sure. But I think it's as players, and as personalities in the game, I think we we are very robotic, and it's very like you know it's the same answers and it's the same cliches, and but that's because I think you know we have such good guys in the sport that no yeah. one wants to ruffle any feathers, and everyone's afraid to kind of I don't know not so much be themselves, but you know give a controversial answer because um, they besides Sean Avery. <laughs> yeah, besides besides certain guys, obviously. but I, I I think that it's I think it's starting to get better though. I think you're starting to see guys uh, be a little more open. I I think when you watch the playoffs and you see guys going back and forth at each other in, in the media, right? Fucking great for hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, you create those rivals, you create that hate. Fans get into it. I mean, I think it's I think it's great for the game. I mean, yeah, I mean. I, I don't think we're on the level of like NBA or NFL no. and I don't know if we'll ever get there, but I think it's going to create a lot more uh, entertainment for hockey with guys just being more open and being not afraid to say what they want or how they feel. 
Mm-hmm. Not, not a baseball guy, Nate? I like baseball. I do like baseball. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, that's that's great. Uh, so I want to ask one question regarding the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers are in cap hell, and they're going to be for quite some time. But if Chris Drury comes calling, are you answering the call? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's the New York Rangers, original six team, add the teams to 10 <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I would definitely be all about it. I mean, like I said, I, I'm not in a position right now to be turning down contracts or telling yeah. that I don't want to play for them. Um, yeah. I, I want to play hockey and I want to keep doing it. And if, and to be playing on the New York Rangers, I mean, that would be a, that'd be a dream. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And, the, and, and this is the pitch because their PR sometimes <laughs> listens to our pod. So, um, what did you say, Drury? No, I said their PR. Their oh, PR. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I mean, you seem like a great character, guy, great person. So I, I, I think you'd be an awesome fit if, if the opportunity ever presents itself. Yeah, and you yeah, have yeah. to get us tickets. Hundred <laughs> percent. Against the glass, <laughs> and we can chirp you. Oh, against yeah. the glass, huh? Yeah. We're particular. We're particular. Okay. And then, are you guys taking me out for dinner after I get you? Hey, guys nope. Tickets? You're paying. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take you out. Johnny's All right. poor. All right. Okay. All right. That's, that sounds like a fair deal for me. Well, can you actually take us into like the minds of the current Rangers right now? Cause you know, back in 2011, you played game seven Eastern conference final against the Bruins. You know, the Rangers were one, you know, two wins away from the Stanley yeah. cup final this year. What is your mindset going to that summer? Cause you know, obviously everyone says it's, you never know when you're going to get back there. And you know, a lot of this team is pretty young, but so was that Tampa team. And obviously they ended up, you know, doing what they've done the past five or so years, but you were there for the start of all that. So right. I feel like your mindset then would be similar to the team now. Yeah, it is. And I always say this, and I think, you know, the Rangers are a very good hockey team. I was super impressed with them this year and the way they play and, and the guys and all the different um, type of players they have on their team. They're super skilled, but they have, they play hard. I mean, they're fun. They're a fun team to watch. And then obviously they have a world-class goalie in Sturkin, but you can't succeed without failing yeah and i think that you know i've been on teams where we've gotten close and, and you look at tampa i mean man you look back at what is it the eight years before they won those cups like they lost like they couldn't get they couldn't get over the hump they went to the finals they lost they lost some conference files you know when i was there we lost some conference files and they kind of had to go through these like ebbs and flows and and you you learn how to win like you you know and i think that it goes a long way you fail like that over so, so many times you kind of like you figure it out and that's why Tampa I think is in the class they are now is that, I mean they just they just know how to win they know how they figure out even if I mean I, and I think at times I mean you guys could say it I mean I watched every game in the playoffs and and Tampa got outplayed a lot of games yeah so right out, I thought they got outplayed by Toronto but they they figure out a ways to win you know I mean at the end of the day they they won the series they got to the cup finals again so yeah, that's a bunch of te- that's a full team of winners. So I, I think that's what it is, and I think it's good for the Rangers. I mean, as close as they were, I, I think it's you're going to get a team that's going to be driven and ready to win this year. And I think they all learn from that. And I think uh, everything the Rangers have been through over the years it only helps them. It only helps them this year because they got a team that I think can easily contend for a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are some great points. And it's funny you mentioned Tampa kind of getting outplayed because i mean the rangers did too right they yeah, they got yeah. outplayed against penguins they got outplayed against carolina but they found that way of resilience and then 
you know, found a way to win. And I think that's what good teams do. And yeah. if, if they can build on that, then great. They can, you know, compete for that cup for the next yeah. five, seven years. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what it is. It's like, and that's the playoffs. Like you, you, there's going to be games where you get dominated, but you find right you know, at the end of the day, it's you, you win the game and that's, that's just the playoffs. And that's, that's, that's what's so fun about it. It's so, so much fun to play in them. How hard is it as a player to fucking sit on the couch and, and watch the playoffs? Like, I mean, I mean, Great is it question. actually is it is it harder when you don't make the playoffs, or is it harder when you get eliminated and have to watch the rest? Oh, I mean, I would say harder to get when you don't make the playoffs. I mean, as hard as it, as much as it sucks to get eliminated from the playoffs, to get a chance to play playoff hockey, there's nothing like it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why we play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it 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 it, it does kind of suck watching from your couch but at the same time i, I kind of was trying to be positive about it because i watched a lot of hockey this year uh not being healthy and being injured for a little bit and then mm-hmm. obviously not making the playoffs so you know, i tried to kind of put on my what other my coaching scouting <laughs> media hat i guess uh-huh. say, right just watching games but uh it was a fun playoffs to watch i mean I think yeah. it was awesome. um but yeah i mean at the end of the day you want to be playing playoff hockey so I don't yeah. know, but you, you did call a Justin Braun goal, and we never got to see one. So, I know. <laughs> Bronner didn't come through for me. <laughs> He's got a healthy stick, though. Good stick on that guy. Yeah. yeah. Did he end up signing anywhere? Back to Philly. Oh, He's right. back to Philly? Back to Philly, yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Me neither. Yeah. He was a good addition, though, that's for sure. And and uh, didn't you have a uh, overtime playoff goal once or with Anaheim? No, did you not? I don't think I had – I mean, I've had overtime goals in the regular season, a few, but never uh, – I don't think I've ever had one in the playoffs. I thought one, like, hit off your shin in, in, in overtime. Oh, no, no. I don't know well, I don't know which one you're talking about. They, they thought it did, but uh, – but, Oh, you didn't get the credit? But Corey mm. Perry. Oh, scumbag. He doesn't need those. Yeah, I, I, think, <laughs> I think it actually was his, but guys were all over him. I, remember, I think it was against Calgary. Yeah, he ended up getting it, I think, yeah. Damn, I thought I really thought that was you. I remember, I like vividly remember that goal. Didn't you guys sweep that series? You we had like a bunch swept, of goals. We swept against Calgary. Yeah, yeah, we did. We swept. That yeah. Anaheim team was yeah. good. Yeah, we were really good. We had some fun years in Anaheim too. I remember you scoring a bunch in that in that run. No, I I had a very good very good uh, first round against Calgary that year. Yeah, really, I remember yeah. that. Really good year. Yeah, Cody, go into the movie one. You want me to? All right. Yeah. So transitioning from hockey a little bit. If you could be one character in any movie or TV series ever, who would it be? In a movie or TV series? Yeah, just one character. I think if I was going to pick a TV series, I would be Tommy Shelby from Peaky Blinders. Unreal was- answer. John- Johnny doesn't know what TV is, so you can I don't watch shows at all. Unreal answer. You you might eventually die of lung cancer real soon, but yeah, because he just yeah. acts. <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear? Well, he, makes when it, he, he makes it look so cool. Bro. I know, I know. When he was the way like, he like flicks it up and like when he when he was doing season three, I think it was season three. He like did an interview and was like, "Yeah, I smoke a thousand. I just smoke like a hundred cigarettes every season, like crazy." It's nuts. He nonstop smoking. I think. I think. I think Tommy Shelby. And then if it was like a movie, it would have to be like. Like Tom Cruise, man. Like, oh, don't say what I was gonna say. Maverick. Oh no. Okay, I was gonna say Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible. No. no yeah. No. Maverick, man. I mean, who doesn't want to be a fighter pilot? Like, being being a, a CIA agent. Yeah, of- I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. But <laughs> I, 
I think for sure Tommy Shelby, Peaky Blinders. I mean, that that's that's awesome. Badass. I've never seen any of these movies, so I can't All really right. contribute. <laughs> you need to stop watching Rangers games nonstop. And maybe watch <laughs> no, I just watch Adam movies. Sandler movies on repeat. That's all he does. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll big uh, daddy for sure. I'll throw one at you though. Who's playing Nate Thompson in a movie though? If there's like one about you. Ooh. Shit, that's hard. I know who. Who? Joe Manganiello. Oh, Joe Manganiello. Who the fuck is that? That's a good <laughs> yeah. one, right? That's, that's a, a good really one. Good one. Yeah. You like that? I would take that. I I know Joe a little bit. Actually. Who is that? Johnny, look it up. He's I don't even married, know how to spell that guy. Married, he's married to Vera Sophia, Farmiga. Yeah. Uh, Vergara. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Probably a handsome guy. He's, he's definitely a handsome, handsome guy. guy. <laughs> he's a lot bigger than I am too. So I'm. <laughs> he's massive. Yeah. And he's a huge, uh, huge hockey fan, by the way. He's oh, from, really? He's from Pittsburgh. Big, big Penguins fan. Oh wow. Yep. Well, that's a good, that's another fun one to ask. What was your like favorite celebrity encounter over your uh, NHL career? I mean, you must have had some in LA, no? Yeah, I mean, um, Will Ferrell was at a lot of our games. Sick. <laughs> he's a huge Kings fan, and he came yeah. down to the locker room a couple of times. I mean, that was cool. I mean, seeing Will Ferrell, he's just—it's Will Ferrell, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. I think he's right up there. I actually I pitched to Steve Mayer once, the chief content officer of the NHL. I told him that there should be a Christmas Day game in Rockefeller Center and have Will Ferrell in the Buddy the Elf costume in between the glass interviewing players. I thought it was like my fucking most genius idea ever. Yeah, he shut you fun. down. People would <laughs> yeah. definitely watch that. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I guess on that note too, like, you know, we didn't touch on this really, but you grew up in Alaska. Not many players from Alaska in the NHL. I mean, right now, Jeremy Swayman, I think is, yeah. you know, one of the few. And you grew up with Dubinsky and, and Gomez. Mystery Alaska. I know the MLB just Great did like, the Field of Dreams game. Movie, and, yeah. and I just watched Field of Dreams for the first time actually like two weeks ago. But how cool would it be for you if the NHL did like a – you know, outdoor game in Alaska, like the Lake Tahoe one was so sick. I think it'd be awesome. I mean, it'd be, it would obviously be pretty hard to navigate that it being in Alaska, yeah. but I mean, yeah. good. I mean, I know players would love to play in a game like that. I know players love playing outdoor games. I mean, it's, um, it's such a spectacle, but yeah, I mean, growing up in Alaska was awesome. I mean, I feel pretty lucky to be able to say that I was born and raised there and came out of there and, um, We've had some really good players too. I mean, like you guys, you guys mentioned Gomez, Dubinsky, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Carl, another one. You know, yep. I grew up with him. We played together mm-hmm. all the way growing up. Um, and then now Swayman, right? He's he's sick. He's very good. Yeah, yeah he's, he's sick. Kind of, kind of that next generation, that next wave coming up, and uh, it's awesome to see. We always root for our own, and, and hope that I hope that he has a long, you know, really good career in Boston. But uh, yeah, I mean, Alaska was awesome. I mean, just to be able to, you know, I mean. It's such an outdoorsy place. It's a beautiful place to you know to go and be from. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's not much else I can say. It, it was just uh, it was a cool place to grow up. Can you give us your best Gomer and, and Dubinsky story? I, I actually uh, I remember you talking about it on Missing Curfew that like Gomez at a face off like told you oh, to switch yeah. your stick or something. Like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, this was from this is when he was playing on the Rangers, uh, and I was playing the Islanders, and it was at Nassau Coliseum and. And I think there was like a maybe there was a little bit of a longer whistle in between draws or something uh-huh. like that. I was taking my draw, taking face off on my offside, so I was going to go to my forehand, and I was like setting up like that. He goes, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Turn your hand over." He's like, "Get good at like going on your offside on your backhand. Yeah. You'll have more strength coming through, and it'll be harder for guys to win face offs against you." 
And I'm like, okay. So I, like, <laughs> so I like turned my hand over. I never take, fa- I never took face offs like that. And of course he wins the fucking draw. Well, obviously. Yeah. He's not going to let you win like, the draw. I'm like, thanks a lot for the tip that just, you just snap it back in my defensive zone and make me look bad. Uh, but you know, to his credit, man, like I worked on that and uh-huh. that's how I win faceoffs a lot now is on my offside of my backhand. And he was right. Uh, you see a lot of the best faceoff guys and they're not really going on their forehand, they're offside. So it was a great tip and a pretty funny story. You know, you know that, that's just, you know, like he says, we take care of our own up in yeah. the last. Yeah. I was just saying, that's like kind of blind trust. Like, what if he was just fucking with you and like made you lose the draw on purpose? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could have. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe he did a little bit knowing he was yeah. face up, but in the long run, he was helping me out. Yeah, that's funny. The funny thing is, Johnny for sure had to look up Mystery Alaska before this to, to ask you a question. That's he doesn't watch movies. movies. Yeah, what team, movies. Do they, what team do they play, Johnny? The Rangers. All right, just making sure. Yeah. What's What's <laughs> the uh, uh, Who's the like the little fast lefty, Stevie something? Stevie Weeks. Yeah, Weeks. Stevie Weeks. Yeah. yeah. He's three. He skates the river. Yeah, he's nasty. I like that. That'd be so cool. Like such a cool like helicopter shot of like players skating the river into the rink. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, I mean that would be bad. It would be hard to pull off, but it would be it would be incredible. But if they could do that, that would be incredible. So badass. Yeah. Um, Nate, are you cool with like one or two more questions each? I know we got a a lot of time here. Yeah, I I got nothing going on. Cool. All right, so Um, we'll do ten more. Ten more. (laughs) Well, what's gonna happen is we'll say one more, and then as Johnny asks his question, he'll say, "Oh, oh, sorry, I got one more for you." Four different times. Really, have nothing going on. uh, (laughs) Fire away. All right, I think my last one is who's been your favorite teammate to play with over your career and who's been the toughest player to play against? Oh, fuck. You guys are giving me the tough ones, man. You like I, that? I, we'll give I've you the had, easy ones. <laughs> I've had some great – it's hard, man. I can't narrow down one team. You could say I, a few. Yeah, I mean, I've had some great teammates. I mean, guys that I'm still friends with. I mean, like my time in Tampa, we had a close group of guys where uh, I still keep in touch with like Marty, St. Louis, Teddy Persols, mm-hmm. uh, Stammer, uh, Ryan Malone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to name you, and then in Anaheim, right? I mean, I had like Getzy, Getzlaff, great captain, great guy. We had a great mm-hmm. group there. I mean, fuck, it's hard, man. I I think it's just one of those things. I've hockey's awesome, man, because I can be able to like play some for so many different teams and like become friends with so many different guys over the yeah. years, you know. And even my time in Philly, you know, I got close with you know Scotty Lawton and Couturier. These guys are just just good humans and. um I mean, I, I could probably, if you named every team I play for, I could tell you a guy on each team that. All right. Should we do it? <laughs> you no. Know? And it's like, and then, and then I'm leaving other guys off the list, but I can just name a few, you know. But if you want to, go ahead. All right. Boston. <laughs> Boston. Um, shit, I only played four games. <laughs> All right. Isles. Isles. Bruno Gervais. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. T- Tampa, you just said a few. Anaheim, you just said a few. Ottawa, Ottawa, Mark Stone, Chris Weidman. Stoner is yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kings, Kings to Foley, Carter. Shit. Cole I still Cole hate Carter for fourteen. Brown. Whole, I mean, I live in the same area as all of them, so I see them. I see those guys. That's awesome. All right, Habs. Habs. Brendan Gallagher, Max Domi, Shea Weber, Price, to name a few. All right, and then Philly and Winnipeg. Philly, Scott Lawton, Couturier, Justin Braun. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, hey, Kevin Hayes, Keith Yandel, uh, Winnipeg, Paul Stasny, Wheeler, Shifley, uh, Mason Appleton, Adam Lowry. Uh, yeah, to name a few. I mean, that's – so, yeah. That's All awesome. right, now, now which player on those teams do you hate the most? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love this guy. Great guy, but playing against Brandon Gallagher, yeah. He, oh, I'm sure. But, yeah, he bugs the shit out of you. Yeah. Anyone on the Rangers that you fucking hate? <sighs> that I hate? Besides Truba. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if I really, I don't know if there's anybody on the Rangers that really like I'm like hating or I'm like nervous about. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No. If you could like chill with one guy that you haven't, you know, gotten to know or, or maybe like played against, like who's a guy that you think would just be a really cool dude to like hang out with? I think I, I don't really know him that great playing against him for a long time, but like I'm like I'm kind of a hockey fan at heart too, like mm-hmm. like. Oveshkin or Crosby? Yeah, yeah. Crosby? Yeah. I mean, you want to hang out with Crosby? He seems so boring. No. I'm, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm sure he's a good dude and fun guy. I mean, life uh, in the day, Ov probably seems yeah. so so fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That would be fun to play with guys mm-hmm. like that. You know, just to be able to like, I mean, I, it's I think it's awesome being able to like I played with guys that are Hall of Famers or going to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, and yeah. Be able to play with, hang out with guys like that, and, and they're you know, that low, low key down to earth guys, you know? So it's, it's fun to get to know guys like that. For sure. All right. I do have one more and this is it. I promise. Give us your like favorite New York city moment as a professional athlete. doesn't have to be like on the rink. could be like a day off. I know a lot of guys like to, you know, walk around Soho and do that kind of stuff in their day offs here. I think probably the night after I scored my first NHL goal, we had a day off the next day. It was a travel day. Uh-huh. So me, Bruno Gervais, I think I can't remember. Maybe Caliposo came too. And I remember, I remember it because it was the day that that Obama was elected the first time. Oh wow! wow. An 08. And, Good South Park episode. <laughs> and so we, uh, yeah, I mean, we had a night. I think it was like one of those things where I was just like on an all-time high to score my first NHL goal at MSG, and then we went to some lavish dinner and went out that night and it was like it was like a wow nhl moment like yeah you know hanging out yeah. in New York city after i scored my first goal at msg that was pretty awesome that's super yeah. cool all right i'm gonna ask one more i'm sorry but this is just i have to it's what he uh, does it's what he does no but but this one's a yeah, little more serious want to you want to pull up the video of me missing the empty net too is that what no I was that saying? one's good <laughs> i was so scared to hit tweet on that one but it was too good i couldn't yeah, not but <laughs> once you press the button you can't bring it back though i know i was also cracking up at your dm like wherever i end up i'm fucking circling the rangers on the calendar <laughs> oh yeah i mean i'm, I'm not I, people don't forget johnny i know i know i was actually so scared after i'm not gonna lie <laughs> um but this one's like a little more serious because you know, it is it is really cool that you are open about it, like your sobriety and just the mental health aspect of the game. It's really fucking hard. And I was never a professional athlete. Like I had struggled with it in college. So I can only imagine like what, you know, these guys are going through. But, you know, a lot of fans like this postseason were kind of ripping on Panarin for his performance. And I thought he played fine. And like all these other guys, like, like what goes into your mind, like with the pressure from the fans, from the media, like how much does it really affect you? And I guess – you know, if you could just touch on mental health in the NHL, like what would you talk about? What would you say? I mean, I, I think it, I think it affects guys differently, and, and obviously it depends on what hockey market you're in, and 
you know, like a guy like Panarin, you know, that's a, he's a world-class player and, you know, he's a big time, you know, character for that team. And yeah, I, I think you just have to, you know, obviously people want to see guys perform and they're paid to, you know, to perform, but right. people don't realize that guys, you know, we're not like robots, like guys have, you know, a normal life and dealing with other life issues as well as anyone else. And I think people just kind of forget about that. And I think that it's, um, I think it's getting better. I think we're heading in the right direction, but I think it's something that's not talked about. And, yeah, you know, I, I think after, sports in general, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's a culture thing where before in the old, in the old school days, you know, you don't talk about your feelings and how you're feeling that day or what's going on at home. You know, uh, I think to be able to talk about it with someone and, uh, be open. I mean, I always tell people that guys that are like open about shit or they're vulnerable, man. I'm like, it takes a lot more fucking balls to yeah. be vulnerable and talk about how you're feeling than not say anything at all. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's fucking, that's toughness. That's like, that takes courage, you know? And I think that we're heading in the right direction, but <clears throat> there's there still needs to be talked about more. And it's still, for sure. That, you know, it's something that, <clears throat> you know, as a society too, I, I think it's, you know, just, it's a stigma, right? Where, you know, we went through a two year pandemic where, you know, it, it, it messed with a lot of people's heads. I mean, there were, there were days for me where it was not easy, but luckily, you know, with my sobriety and things I've gone through in the past, I was able to, you know, have the tools and kind of figure things out. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people that need help. And I think it's just people knowing that, man, it's okay. Just ask for help. You know, mm -hmm. that, that, that's the biggest thing. And that's, that takes that takes courage to be able to do that. I was gonna say I feel like that's something that would be perfect for you, like post career, like doing player psychology stuff. <laughs> like, you know, I, I spoke to a psychiatrist in my, you know, college years and just it's it's I don't know, it really does help. And like when you are playing and you know, towards the back end or whatever wherever you are in your career and you know, you're just not able to do what you used to be able to do, you just kind of it almost is like a drug, right? Like once you get a taste of that success, like and honestly, like, I don't know why I'm thinking about this player, but a guy like Capo Caco has gotten so much heat because he was a second overall pick. Yeah. And it's going to be hard for him to find that confidence back. Like, you know, so, and that's a huge topic this offseason with Rangers fans is like, can Caco be this guy that they drafted at number two overall? But it's like, once your confidence is like shot, it's like, you know, it's, it's fucking tough, man. I don't know. I didn't mean to end on such a, a bad note. Like, if you want to, no, it's a great point. Start. I think it's a good note, I mean, Johnny. You, yeah. You're just talking about your own stuff. I mean, people that are watching this, yeah. Who knows? Maybe someone's fucking struggling and they don't even know what to say. But you coming out and talking about it, someone's gonna be like, "Oh shit! Like, oh, he's struggling too. He's dealing with the same things I'm dealing with." Oh, okay, you know what? I, I, I can talk about this. And I've always yeah. said that, like, I, I, if I can help just one person mm -hmm. by talking about it, like, it's a win. You know, when I get, you know, if I get a DM from someone like after I, I'm, I'm open about it and they're like, hey, like I'm kind of going through the same things right now. I appreciate you just talking about it. You, you just talking about it helped me. Yeah. So that's that's what it is. It's, the, it's yeah. changing the narrative and being able for people to be open about it. So it's just a triple down effect and people are like, fuck, you know what? I don't feel like getting out of bed today either. You know, I don't feel like talking to anybody. I kind of want to just sit in my room and just marinate in my bed all day. Yeah. And, um, like I said, you talking about it and hopefully these young guys that have all these expectations coming to the league and maybe, you know, are 
reaching those expectations to be at the very start where everyone wants them to, you know, being able to have someone to talk to about it and, and, uh, and grow. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you talking about that. Likewise, man. And let's, let's end on, let's end on a positive note though. Yeah. What's your favorite chirp that you've had at you by a player and, or a fan? Like one where you're just like, fuck, they got me. I can't come back. (laughs) Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I can't remember any ones with a fan, but like, I remember, I don't think it was said to me, but I heard it. I overheard it. And it was, uh, Brendan Witt when I was playing on the Islanders. Yeah. Uh-huh. One, one, I can't remember who it was on another team, but it was like off the face off. And he just looks over the guy and he goes, is that your mean face? That your and mean he face? said it so quickly. Like, yeah. Cause he was like looking at him like this and he like, he goes, he was, he's just like, is that your mean face? And it was like so fast where it was like the, the kid, I don't know who it was, didn't know what to say. He was like, uh, 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 you know what I mean? He had nothing because he was like, he was trying to be all like looking and like intimidating. And he was like, face like with like no, you know, reaction. It was, it was pretty good. I mean, I, there's been a few, but I don't know, it's hard. Yeah. If you want your worst chirps, I mean, look no further than Johnny's tweets. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had to pull up a fucking video of me missing an empty net. <laughs> Honestly, I, I I didn't remember that it was you specifically, oh. but I remembered it happening, and I was like, it almost kind of made it better for me that it was you. I always tell them, like my, my my buddies from home, they always joke around. They're like, man, you made you made the top ten on Sports Center. I think I was like number two or number one for my first goal, uh-huh. and then I made the not top ten. <laughs> for missing the net on that game. I remember that because it was, yeah, it was, uh, and I, I think even like uh, PTI did like a happy, you know how they do like that happy anniversary, happy yep. Annie. Yeah. They brought that up one year and all my buddies were sending them to me. They're like, hey, happy Annie, just so you didn't, so, so you didn't forget, you know? So no, I haven't forgotten that empty net. That was yeah. I mean, honestly, it's probably like more fun that you missed it. Now, if you scored it, it's like no one talks about it, but because you missed it, yeah, it's like a fun right. story. Like a- yeah. Famous for something on the island. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. that's hilarious. But, but Nate, we want to thank you man. so much, man. Like, yeah, no problem. You know, gave us so much time, and uh, you know, hopefully, when you find a team or whatever, we can get you back on during the season, or hopefully, before you play the Rangers, we could we could do something. Or yeah, my pleasure. Know. I'll be I'll be more than happy to come out with you guys. It seems like you guys are doing well, and this thing's uh, this thing's blowing up for you guys. I saw you guys in the playoffs and stuff, and you, Johnny, and both of you guys. It's um, I'm happy for you guys. I would love. Thanks, to man. On. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Nate. Appreciate no it. Yeah, no problem. We really want to thank Nate Thompson once again for coming on. And we're going to start the campaign to get the Rangers to sign Nate Thompson. We'd love to have him in New York. I think he'd be Nate the great. Like, like Cody said, he'd be a great addition and a perfect fit. So uh, everyone, if you're listening right now, start the tweets at New York Rangers. Sign Nate Thompson. We want him. All that mumbo jumbo. But um, yeah, I, I mean, just, just such an awesome guy. It took an hour to talk to us and. Um, really cool to hear a, a current free agent's mindset and, and what goes into the process and everything, you know? Yeah, it was definitely really neat. And I, I think, you know, he's he is a great guy. Uh, I, I'm sure he's going to get picked up. I'm sure he's going to get PTO or whatever it is. And like, like I said, man, teams look for that vet presence. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially like you want to talk about character building. That guy's a great character, great story. Um, and I, I really do think he's had a fantastic career and like, great guy to mentor the young kids and i think he would he would be a a perfect fit on the rangers if you know even if it's giving him like the vet minimum or or whatever it is like they're making him that 13th forward or or whatever they got to do there 
Um, but yeah, I, I would love, I would love to see him in New York. So mm-hmm. completely agree. And, uh, we don't really have much else this week. We're going to be taking next week off. And then after that, it's pretty much foot on the gas, uh, you know, throughout the entire season. So all gas, no breaks, all gas, no breaks. You won't be hearing from us until September 19th. Um, you know, please feel free to send any more questions and stuff. It We're sounds gonna... far away, but it's, but it's not. not, it's just it's a week not. gap. Don't worry. Just a week, and we're gonna, you know, get caught up on everything with training camp starting and and all this stuff preseason. So um, we want to just be fully rested up and ready to go. So you know, we appreciate everyone for listening throughout the entire summer. It's gonna be officially fall pretty much next time you hear from us. So we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Nate, and we'll talk to you in uh, you know two weeks or so. LFGR later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.